0: Lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Todd and His is Aaron McIntyre. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Which you can access by emailing the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, or just skip those platforms and their silly, ridiculous, petty censorship and follow us instead over on MeWe Parlor Gab and Getter. You can also look for clips of the show free of censorship and free to watch at rumble.com slash Show. Once more, that is rumble.com slash Show. And then finally, don't forget, my new book is out if you're looking for a battle plan for the culture war. This is kind of the capper to the year whose theme was the answer is us. That's why it's called do what you believe or you won't be free to believe it much longer. As you can see there, Thanos is snapping, trying to snap away uh, American exceptionalism. And so we are going to be the generation that determines whether or not we have to one day tell our children what it was like here when we were free or we pass that freedom on to them. And so a 21st century culture war needs and requires a 21st century battle plan and that's available at least the best that i could come up with maybe someone can do it better but it's the best that i could come up with and do what you believe it's available right now via paperback at amazon.com if you've had reviews are starting to come in if you've had a chance to read it uh, since it was released last week please uh, if you enjoyed it if encouraged equipped you inspired you in any way consider leaving us a five-star review at amazon.com thank you very much um coming up on the show today. Well first, let me say this. Um a lot of us are trying to take advantage of record low again interest rates right now. But before you do that, and this is what we did in our house, we just went through a refi um in order to take advantage of those record low interest rates. We wanted to get an obscenely low uh, rate for our mortgage and our home, but uh, we wanted to make sure that we had our affairs in order in order to make that happen. So we went through Scoremaster and Scoremaster laid out everything with my credit on where things stand and why I have the score I have. And then if I need to do a better score, how I can get there to go from obscenely low to really obscenely low, right? Uh, And then kind of have every option uh, at your fingertips. It's not just a difference in whether you get approved or not. And they can help you where this goes for also auto loans, business loans. But, you know, mortgage loans and refis are really high right now uh, on on the priority list with where that market is at. But it's not just the, the approval process, but then the terms and an interest rate that you can qualify even if you can get approved. So if you want that information in your hands where it belongs, not just in the hands of banks and lenders, go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. It uh, takes just about uh, five minutes to enroll and find out uh, what your score is and how to get the points that you want uh, when you visit scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, scoremaster.com slash Steve. Now we have a jam-packed show today uh, coming up um, yeah, later in the program, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, who has been an absolute warrior on against COVID stand, He will be joining us to discuss his, uh, his assault against COVID stand. That's coming up in the next hour of the show, including, I mean, Senator Johnson gave his office as a platform to reveal the people that shall not be named. We have a new class of people now that you're supposed to pretend do not exist one of them that has been long-standing former homosexuals right these people don't exist they they you know uh, born born this way can never change it's incontrovertible right at the same time they tell you that gender's fluid and a social construct behavior's not desire is not but your intrinsic gender is hmm. You're smart with the A. So over the years, I have interviewed a a, a lot of people who have successfully left homosexuality behind. But you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to talk about that. Those people don't exist. Even within a lot of conservative media, you're not supposed to have those conversations. Those people don't exist, right? Well, the new class of people that don't exist are the vaccine injured. And... There's shattering the, 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 the Overton window, and then there's breaking the fourth wall. Okay. Senator Johnson recently used his office as a platform to highlight the vaccine injured, the people that are not also now supposed to exist. And that's when I start thinking, you know what? And I know you were thinking this too, Todd. All right. If we're going to go there, because that's next level stuff, right? Yep. Okay. It's, it's hard to get to the right of Ron DeSantis in the current environment, right? Okay. Um, But the one thing Ron has not done yet is highlight the vaccine injured or used his office as a platform for, say, like an ivermectin, right? Hasn't gone there yet. And that's now where we're like, okay, we got to get this guy on the show because this is a next level assault against COVID stance. So Senator Johnson will join us next hour. Also next hour, I just finished a series uh, on Netflix. My wife and I watched a series on Netflix called Clickbait. And... Again, you wonder, do they do they understand what they're saying and depicting with a lot of this stuff? Because what they're really showing you is is the damage that idolatry does. And I want to talk about that um when, oh no, we're not doing that this week. My mistake, St. Nick, that's right. How did I forget that? I had that planned up for a future week, okay? Forgot my own schedule this week, my bad. I, th- I was wondering why you had that look on your face over there, okay? Uh, Because I did just finish that show last night. So now you guys know I want to talk about it in the future. If you guys want to go ahead and watch it, the the cat's out of the bag.
2: The look on my face was not confusion. It was, oh, crap, I probably should have looked at the rundown today. (laughs) Yes,
1: We're actually, for Pop Culture Tuesday, tis the season, going to give you the story of the real St. Nicholas, because yesterday was actually St. Nicholas Day on the calendar. All right. And so who was the real St. Nicholas? We've alluded to some of his exploits and things in the past. And. We're going to put them together into kind of one story time coming up in, in pop culture Tuesday next hour. All Look right?
0: at you following Catholic feast days. That's adorable. Yeah, I mean,
1: You guys ask me, a, you know, a trick trap question about the Eucharist. And all of a sudden <laughs> I'm, you know, completely confused and, you know, don't know what's going on. And is that incense I smell? Yes. All right. Um, and then at the bottom of this hour, something you don't know is coming. Okay. Fake news or not. For the first time ever. I am going to unveil, and this was harder to do than I thought. I left off several people that um, I thought belonged on it. And you saw I made one last second edition there. Aaron, you mm-hmm. saw that? Okay. Yep. So you've not seen this list. You don't even know what's coming. Because that's on purpose. I want to get your instant reaction. I'm going to count down 10 to 1, who I thought were the top and most impactful and effective alternative media figures of 2021. Hmm. Right. So I'm going to run down my list of those top 10 here at the bottom of the hour, and then you can say, hey, is my list fake news or not? Fair? Sure, that's fun. All right, so that should be a lot of fun coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, we begin, as always, with Aaron's rundown of what
2: happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by <laughs> What's a Boy? Caught. The White House formally announced yesterday a, quote-unquote, diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympics uh, coming up in a few months to protest the Chinese Communist Party's, quote, Ongoing genocide and crimes against humanity. All the athletes will still be attending the games, but no American politicians or diplomats will. That'll really show China. Press Secretary Jen Psaki had this to say.
0: We will be rooting for the athletes from home. I am an Olympics-obsessed person, so I'm looking forward to doing that. But I think this is just an indication that it cannot be business as usual, that not sending a diplomatic delegation sends that message.
2: The White House also announced it's restarting the Trump Remain in Mexico policy, forcing would-be illegal aliens to stay in Mexico to await immigration hearings. Moving on, the most successful horse doctor in the history of the world, Pfizer CEO Albert Burla, says the Omicron variant being more transmissible but milder in symptoms is actually not a good thing. He told the Wall Street Journal that mutations could arise if it spreads to billions of people. Checking in on Europe. Check out this chart from Our World in Data showing ICU admissions of COVID patients. Belgium, Germany, France, and Ireland, all with those elevated rates, all have vaccine passports in order to live normally. The UK does not. The cast of The View is blaming unvaccinated Africans who refused to get the vaccine for the new variant. <laughs> Whoops, strong clip.
0: They feel that their greater good is more important than your greater good. Well, <laughs> you know, it was interesting
3: to me that the argument was being made: if you're vaccinated, why do you care about me being vaccinated? You're protected, and that's why we are at the. Om, uh, Omicron. Omarion, Omicron, Omicron variant, right? That's why we are where we are, because yeah. it's <laughs> mutating. It's becoming this crazy super bug inside of the people that aren't vaccinated.
1: Know, it's, and it's, now it's I'm
3: affecting us i don't know why they were not
0: understanding that
2: headline from the atlantic is it safe to hang out with the unboosted twitter is slapping a warning on an article from the american heart association saying the information contained within is quote-unquote unsafe the article is a warning about the link between mrna COVID jabs and heart inflammation don't Give Up Your Guns update, checking in once more on Australia.
0: Of course, a bitter pill to swallow this morning for the unvaccinated. Queenslanders needing life-saving surgery. It's been revealed that patients will be denied that procedure unless they're fully vaccinated. Many say they're not anti-vax, they're just fearful of the side effects. That policy won't be re-evaluated until February next year.
2: In other news, Donald Trump's new social media venture has a new distribution deal with the video hosting platform Rumble, who themselves announced recently they're going public and will be listed on nasdaq in addition truth social is tapping republican congressman Devin newness of california as its ceo newness will be stepping down from his perch in congress to run trump's new company headline from axios right wing builds its own echo chamber and finally for something completely different joel osteen, joel osteen. hey man you know
3: you're a piece of right <laughs> you know right right come on yeah you know you know right
2: yeah yeah you know take care bye folks you know about seven years ago Osteen's Lakewood mega church in Houston was reportedly burglarized with the apparent burglars stealing about six hundred thousand dollars worth of checks and cash from the church's safe well recently a plumber was hired to fix a toilet at the church when he had to remove parts of the drywall behind the toilet he found about 500 envelopes stuffed with cash and checks hidden inside the wall. It's unclear what amount of money was uncovered by the plumber and the church is refusing to say how much. Do with that what you want. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: That Osteen church money story is... It's cosmic, is what it is. Um, Aaron's Montage, brought to you by our friends at Patriot Mobile. Now more than ever, patriots need to stick together. Uh, much of corporate America is not just neutral here; it's now aligned against us. So, when you have an opportunity to do business with entities that support your values, take full advantage of it. And one of the areas that we can all do so is with mobile phones. That's pretty much a necessity in today's day and age. And we recently made the switch in our family uh, from T-Mobile, where we had been there for uh, about 20 years. We made the switch a few months ago uh, to Patriot Mobile, and I've not seen any difference. Wasn't a big hassle to make the switch. You know, a couple things were done and that was it. I've not seen a drop in coverage or anything of that nature. And now I'm giving my money to people who don't hate me. So if if you would like to do that as well, they're offering specials all the time. Like right now, you get a free month of service to get you started with the offer code Steve when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, or give them a call at nine seven two Patriot. That's nine seven two Patriot. And veterans, first responders, let them know if you're one of those or an alum. They've got extra discounts for you as a way of saying thank you for your service, okay? So let's get to the montage. Um, Nothing, absolutely nothing in the view clip. Now, that's an Evergreen, of course. We could do that on virtually every subject, right? But but nothing in that view clip about COVID nineteen is true. Like none from the premise to the assertion of how science works, how vaccines work, when they work. Um, uh, that's that's just not. It's not none of that. None of that is true. This is why I said yesterday, and I've I've tweeted this a couple times already this morning. Omicron is going to be the way it's trending now. It's going to be more than a variant. It's going to be a control group. Because one of two things is not true. Both of these things cannot be true simultaneously. It cannot be true simultaneously. That Omicron uh, mutated and arose suddenly in Africa... And that it's a result of increased uh, and more um, virulent strains from the unvaccinated. Both of those things cannot be true. Because the the data on Omicron, at least that we're getting out of Africa, is this is the weakest strain of COVID-19 we've seen yet. By the way, what region of the world's the least vaccinated, by the way?
0: The one Africa. where that is. The
1: one where that is, right. So that those two things just can't be possibly true at the same time. Now, I think it's possible that Omicron did not just suddenly develop from Africa and has been around for a long time, looking at the way viruses behave, how fast things spread— Not to mention the fact, how do you claim that this new strain got all over the world from Africa in the last month or two, if not a few weeks, when I really can't travel like anywhere internationally of significance without some very, you know, proof of vaccination, right? So um, both of those things just cannot be true. It, it, It can be true. That Omicron has been around longer than we realize. And that it is also the weakest strain, at least what's in the African data, the weakest strain we've seen yet. Both of those things could be true. The problem is how we would explain it. See where I'm going with this? Because there's only one explanation for how. Now, I'm not saying I know both of those things are true. I don't.
0: But if they are.
1: But if they are, there's only one explanation for that. And that is that it's the vaccines that are actually causing more virulent variants. See, Omicron is a control group, guys. It's a control group. Either the entire narrative around its origin is false Or, it proves that the vax, that the higher the vax rate within a country, the worse the mutation strain response. One or the other. It will prove one of those two things. But it cannot possibly be true that this is a sudden strain emerging out of Africa. And, and that this is a result of worse mutations amongst the unvaccinated. Those two things can't be true because all the African data on Omicron is pretty timid. And yes, you have less obesity and stuff in Africa and that as a continent, as a region, but here's the thing, and people bring that up. Do you know why there's less obesity there? Is it because they're just at the gym more? No. No. Because there's like less of every convenience there. It's many countries in Africa are third world countries or approach that level of status. So, whatever they lack in obesity rates, they make up for in a lack of quality healthcare access and systems within their own within their own habitat, within their own ecosystem. You see what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. it kind of cancels itself out. This isn't, you know, people living in modern Western convenience and middle-class luxury and they're not obese. It's not that. A lot of the lack of obesity is by a lack and scarcity of resources. It's not that they wouldn't eat more KFC if they could. It's that they can't. All right? So that argument doesn't play. Because they have systemic disadvantages in that part of the world at the exact same time, including a lack of access to vaccines. Omicron is more than a variant. This thing is becoming a control group. And it's going to expose something. Now, I don't know yet which one of these two things it is, but it's going to expose something. Well, Steve, what if Omicron in the, in, you know, let's say that it was, it did suddenly emerge in Africa. But it's much worse up here. What does that mean? That, that tells you quite a bit as well. Why did it get worse amongst the higher vaccinated populations? I mean, look at the, look at the chart that Aaron had in his montage today. Current ICU rates for COVID infected in the European Union stratified per population, one per, one million, per 1 million population. So we're not looking at whole numbers here. It's, it's stratified by rate, okay? One country on that list was dead last, the United Kingdom, which is also the only country on that list that doesn't require a VAX pass to be any form of free citizen currently. Doesn't as mean, it doesn't mean you're as free in the UK as you are in Florida, Iowa, or Texas right now. But you are certainly freer in the UK than you are in all those other countries, like France, right now. I mean, I don't. I think we need to rename this strain Revelation, Sodium Pentothal, Truth Serum, Wonder Woman's Lasso, because we are getting some clarity from this right now. You have any thoughts on this?
0: Well, wh- one of the very first heresies as we've discussed on the show is gnosticism. And this is the dumbest form of gnosticism ever.
1: The idea that there's secret knowledge that God has withheld from you. Yes. That is that only special people get access to and this is how you attain that special status or godhood or yeah. unlock the secrets of yeah. the universe. And they always
0: speak of it very confidently. I can't I can't stress enough that If the the original strain is so dangerous to the unvaccinated, the unclean, you know what that strain does not need to do when it's inside you: turn into a hundred different variants and become the superbug that that moron is talking about. It doesn't need to change at all. It changes because of pressure. The pressure is not coming from the unvaccinated. I, it's why I'm talking out about Gnosticism, which is ultimately about a new religion, an idol. It always has been. The truth not being good enough. Did God really say? This is a, this, this, these are scientific principles that I, I, and this dimwit is really not the problem. But they're surrounded by a hundred other dimwits. All of the people putting on that show, the editors, the, the executives. Why are you lying about this? This is very dark because the people of reason and science are all allowing fools like this. They're the real virus. All of them. Putting this cancer into the bloodstream, people sitting at home, people in New York now, people in California, people in Oregon, masking forever. That's the real virus. It was always more dangerous from the very beginning. And now it is the superbug. It is the thing with multiple variants. It is the thing that's going to kill us all. This, the, the coronavirus was never going to do it. Thank you just I i don't the, the our desire to be as dumb as possible right now and enjoy it it's your your column that came out yesterday about common sense mm-hmm. like it's it, everywhere you look there's nothing to bring us back it's stupid in every direction from all the bright people from all the smart people
1: so the 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 horse doctor or as Aaron likes to call him the Pfizer CEO Saying today that it's not good that Omicron, I mean, it's not good yeah. for your share price, not good for you, okay? It's not good that it is, uh, quote, more transmissible but milder, he said, because mutations could arise that uh, could spread to billions of people. Um, then why, ha- where's, where's Pfizer's work on, the, on a common cold vaccine? Why haven't we been trying to snuff out the common cold? Because it could mutate yeah. into something worse, Right. Where's the common cold vaccine? You know. Where, where is it? Well, thank where, God where, we where, didn't. Where, and, not, and not a flu therapeutic. Where's, where's the common cold inoculation? Where is where's all the research? You know, isn't it damn, it's damn funny. They spent 15 damn years trying to find a, a, a workable vaccine for the first SARS to no avail. And yet, man, we can just come out like Baskin-Robbins flavors at warp speed. For SARS-2. Anybody else find that a tad bit curious? But let's take your premise there, horse doctor. Let's take your premise to its most logical conclusion. I would assume in the dungeons of Pfizer, in your R&D department, you are hard at work on the common cold vaccine. To eradicate the common cold because it could mutate into something worse, right? Where's the where's a real flu vaccine to knock out the flu because it could mutate to something worse viral pneumonia because it could mutate to something worse. Where do you know why aren't these why aren't these products on the market? Where are they? What is it? What is it about this specific virus? That all previous established precedent must be ignored. is there something about this virus that you guys would like to tell us? Or is there something about your true motivations that you would like to tell us? Again, we're at revelation, truth-telling territory here. He doesn't, he doesn't believe that. because he, As I just demonstrated to you, without any PhD or scientific degree, but I know BS... When I see it, he doesn't believe this. Otherwise they'd be, they would practice this as a company policy on virtually every other virus. Why just about this one? There's only two options and these both could actually both be true simultaneously. What is it about this virus you're not telling us? And, or what is it about your true motivations via this virus you are not telling us? Because there's 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 that statement by Pfizer's CEO is every bit as absent of actual science and reason as the clip from the view. There's no science or reason there. So why is it with just this virus we don't want to let it mutate to something milder? And then it could become something more serious. Why? Why aren't you guys, where's your R&D department looking to eradicate the cold? The regular flu, viral pneumonia. At best, that statement is greedy BS. At best. That's the best you could say about it. that's 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 a greedy CEO seeing his meal ticket maybe drying up right before his very eyes. If that's the best-case scenario, shall we talk about what worst cases would be? Because to a very dark place, those conversations go. If the best-case scenario is this is just a money-grubbing CEO with a conflict of interest who doesn't want to watch the goose that lays the golden eggs run out of eggs because apparently however, however many billions and trillions they've cashed in the last year and a half ain't enough. If that's the best case, Merry Christmas. What's the worst case? Those that live in Germany, Austria, Australia, New Zealand, Italy, you know what the worst case is. You see it outside your windows every morning when you get up. We'll come back here. Fake News or Not is next. Man, I just tried that Ruby Chocolate Built Bar Puff again. Goodness, that is. That is phenomenal. I'm going to have some alternative media power ratings for 2021. Uh, I, if if I if I have to update my Bilt Bar power ratings, pardon me. Ooh, there's a little burp there. That's how much you know I liked it. That uh, ruby chocolate uh, built Bar puff, man, that is going to rank up there, okay? So if you want to try it or any of those other outstanding flavors, so you could also let out a little belch in public, uh, go to our friends over at Built Bar via their website at Bilt.com, B-U-I-L-T. It is the greatest, the greatest protein bar of all time. We're heading down to Oklahoma City Thursday. To visit the set of our nefarious film for a couple days. Already out on the kitchen table, a couple of boxes of Bilt Bar for the the drive there and back and the time down there, just to make sure. Gotta have the stash ready to go. Right. So I'm sure the family is happy for that too. I mean,
0: you don't want Steve to get cranky on the long drive, do you? Here's the
1: thing, man. i am the, you know, my oldest daughter now, Anna's, she's hooked on him. The wife's hooked on him now. So I'm a proselytizer and I'm not, I'm an ashamed. Okay. So if you want to try Bilt Bar. And find out why it is indeed the greatest protein bar of all time. Uh, Get any of their absolutely outstanding flavors, including new flavors they've launched uh, recently, like ruby chocolate, like white chocolate cheesecake, lemon-dipped cheesecake, all right? So many great flavors, all covered in real chocolate, uh, loaded with protein and flavor, not loaded with calories, carbs, and sugars. You can try it right now. Get 15% off your order, first or next, when you go to built.com B-U-I-L-T. Use the promo code Steve. When you go there, I'm sorry, promo code Dace. I'm so hooked up on Built Bar, I forgot which name we're using. Dace, use that. The last name to get your discount. By the way, they still have the pumpkin puffs out there. I saw they've got them on clearance right now. Those are phenomenal too, okay? So I got a buddy of mine that was that finally broke down and tried them. That was the flavor he tried. And he he just he just kept ordering boxes. He just he was he, he just loves them. All right? So built.com promo code Dace to get that discount. All right, guys, let's get to it. Um, these are, for fake news or not, I got to thinking yesterday, let's do something new and different, okay? And the audience has been, and I, I mentioned when we went after uh, Bill O'Reilly for spreading COVID misinformation a couple of months yep. ago, that, wow, did this audience react to that in, in a positive way. That's how I can tell things have evolved. See, early in my career, and you guys know this from being listeners of the show back then. I did this all the time. I mean, if I thought somebody with a with a you know was was not telling the truth wearing our jersey, I I would name them, talk about it like on my show all the time. People lost their minds. You're not a big enough star to question so-and-so. Who are you? You're some punk kid. So I, I, it just it, it got in the way overall of what I was trying to accomplish with that whole fear God, tell the truth and make money thing. Uh, it just got in the way of our overall mission. And it wasn't as important to me as um, using this as a platform to communicate a biblical worldview, for example. Okay? So I, I just let that go for the better part of the last, what, like 10 years almost now. But... Now we're in a situation, we, we had a situation where someone came on our platform a couple of months ago and said things that were just not true. And, and, and not true in a public health sense, in a dangerous sense. So I felt like I needed to make a bit of an exception there. And the audience reacted overall very positively to that. In fact, they started now asking we would do more of this. And like giving me names of people they wanted us to correct that, that that That's a rabbit hole, in, uh, I just don't want to go down most days, but let's do it a different way and 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 what if we could elevate those that we think actually are doing it the right way this year? now, I only came up with ten because I could come up with more, but this is only for one segment, all right, and it was really hard to for the last couple of spots who to put on and who to take off, okay. <laughs> But I wanted to come up with a list of those that I thought were some combination of influential, effective, and impactful alternative media figures in 2021. And I ranked them 10 to 1 um, because I thought it would be kind of gutless just to name 10 or put them in alphabetical order. So I ranked them 10 to 1, and I'll explain why they're there. Okay. And then, Todd, you can tell me what you think at the end of the list here. Okay? Okay. All right. Uh, If if my list is fake news or not. Let's start with number 10. All right? Uh, I've got Jesse Kelly at number 10. Um, I, I just think in terms of overall social media messaging within the alternative media sphere, I don't know that anybody is better at it than he is. I mean, I think he just absolutely dominates Twitter, which is a platform most of you aren't on and hate. But it's also a platform that a lot of people that uh, are thought leaders in America, just it's their second home, if not their primary one. So it's a, it's a space that if you're in our line of work, you want to dominate. And I just don't think anybody in alternative media just absolutely dominates it more than him. So I have him at number 10. Number nine on my list, I have Matt Walsh. I've known Matt uh, often casually for several years, respected his work for a long time. But I thought this year... You know, it's 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 a little bit like when um, uh, Frank Tanana was the number two starter with Nolan Ryan back in the in the day with the Angels, right? And he was just the the the, the, the fire breathing lefty, and then he had to get Tommy John surgery and like totally reinvented himself and like the crafty lefty. That's hard to do late in you know midway through a career. You're you're kind of have a brand, right? <clears throat> I thought Matt reinvented himself this year. From cranky millennial counterculture guy, which he still is. And he's still wrong about things like the Beatles and superhero movies. But this year, I thought he, I I mean, trolling does matter. The ability to create viral moments, it, it does matter in our line of work. And whether it was renting a house in Loudoun County so that he, they, they could, when they changed the rules, <clears throat> pardon me, when they changed the rules that he couldn't speak at the school board there. So he just rented a house so he could be a resident. The book that he just put out about basically it's I am the walrus. Okay. I thought for Matt to, 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 to add another pitch to his repertoire at this stage of his career as master, cause does that guy look like a master troll to you? No, man, that looks like the guy, first of all, he's Catholic, but he looks like the ref, the, the five-fingered uh, tulip reformed guy in his basement making craft beer. That's what he looks like, right? And I thought to come out this year as a master troll and, and to do it in a way that was effective in conveying actual points and messages that matter. That's why he's on the list at number nine. Uh, for number eight, for me, I have our very own Glenn Beck, because I don't know of anybody with... That, that's the patriarch of a platform of magnitude that does more to lend that platform to provide opportunities for free thinking uh, and countercultural voices to speak up. And it, it's not just that he lets Steve Dace have a show here. It's that he puts me on his show. You know what I'm saying? You could just ha- let me have a show with my audience, make money off of that, and claim that's your W, and yeah, hey, we, we we allow varying viewpoints on here, even challenging ones. It's another thing to give people like us access to your platform itself. So now they're you know, they're up on the show, they're with the big club, you know, and just nobody does a better job of that than Glenn does. And that's a that's becoming increasingly a lost art here, even within alternative media, as there's more and more censorship crackdowns. Uh, number seven on my list, I've got Luke Rosiak from the Daily Wire. Because I don't know of a single piece of journalism this year that had more of a direct societal impact than what he wrote about happened in Loudoun County, Virginia. And if we had a real media <clears throat> and not one that was bought and sold, that would have been hands down uh, a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, profile that he did on the Virginia school board there. Number six, along similar lines, I have Christopher Rufo. I think a lot of us didn't even know we 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 knew what the agenda was but we didn't know what the term critical race theory was until he came along and i mean he has uh he has been beyond an informer i mean he he's been a an old testament level prophet in this area with that level of relentlessness at the exact same time okay number 5 on my list i have jason whitlock from our platform <clears throat> and Uh, I I just think what he is attempting to accomplish in bridging a divide that is long past due bridging. Frankly, people, white folks that watch and listen to shows like this, I'm just telling you. If you didn't grow up in a state like Michigan, or you grew up in a state like Iowa, where you haven't been around a lot of black people, we really have a lot more in common with everyday black America than a lot of the suburban Karens that are surrounding us in our neighborhoods. And I think that ability to connect those constituencies and demographics and population bases could be a real key in uh, saving the country. And he's kind of made that his mission statement. So, and he does it dude without, with, with taking no prisoners whatsoever. And you know, I respect that. Number four on my list, I've got our Daniel Horowitz. And let me tell you this. The only reason he's not number one is just because he's not on a bigger platform within his own show if If he had a platform like several of the other people on this list, tell me if we were just doing this, you know, they used to say when we were growing up, pound for pound mm-hmm. the mid this this middleweight was the best fighter, or like a Marvin Hagler, right? Now, you know, one on one against Mike Tyson in his prime, is Marvin Hagler beating him? No, he just uh, Tyson's bringing more to the table. But just pound for pound, Sugar Ray Leonard, right? We used to have those conversations. Pound for pound, tell me who has more impact in alternative media than Daniel does.
0: No, I totally agree.
1: So if he had more capacity, he would be number one on this list. Number three um, is Dan Bongino. When you look at the the multimedia empire now that he has amassed, Fox News his very successful, you know, top 10, you know, in the country podcast. Um, now he has a syndicated radio program and Rush Limbaugh's time, time slot. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. And he did it. He built all of this going after subjects and narratives that we're told, uh, we were told were verboten, weren't permitted, um, you know, that these things are, you're violating conventional wisdom. Uh, these things are, you know, unassailable, inarguable. So Dan is number three on my list. Number two. I have Tucker Carlson because I just no one no one with a platform of elite status goes more to the mattresses with it than Tucker does like I, I don't watch his show because I don't watch like any cable news but man I see the clips in my feed like every single day and I've shared quite a few of them and there's so many times I thought man if I had a show of that magnitude that is what I'd be doing with it you know what I'm saying and he's doing it so if he's number two Who's number one? It's this guy. I've got Joe Rogan number one, and here's why. Because he has the, the, the wherewithal to reach a base of people that the other nine names on this list don't often reach. And he is still reaching them with a lot of the same kind of information we're talking about. Maybe it's his own take, it's his own spin, but a willingness to challenge narratives A willingness to crush shibboleths of the damned, a willingness to shatter Overton windows, even if he doesn't know he's doing that. Man, he might just be bro dude, and in between bicep curls and you know uh, taking a hit off a joint. Okay, he's just you know questioning the universe. You know, and I don't know the guy. I don't know his motivations, but he has he has the ability to inject critical thinking into a bloodstream that a lot of us in conservative media, frankly, just don't get access to on a daily basis. So that is my list for 2021. Now, Todd, is it fake news or not? Oh, it's it's true news.
0: Uh, just right at the beginning, my first thought on Jesse Kelly is we should all, in some respects, be thanking God that he's 10 and not one. Because if he was one, there would be blood in the streets right now. And maybe that is where we should be. It's going to be where we have to be sooner or later, unless we get off this insane track. Because he's absolutely right. Like... There's no name you can call me. I'm playing by all your rules. There's going to be natural consequences. We're going to show you what you've brought to the world. He's absolutely right about that. And it's going to have to be that way uh, unless uh, everybody else's approach uh, works out. Uh, after seeing all 10, and I uh, why? I guess a question, why, why no Alex Berenson?
1: Uh, there were seven or eight names yeah. that... Tell me who. Tell me who I would take off. Right? Oh, I, I, <clears throat> that's that's kind of like the NCAA tournament selection committee. Yeah. Tell me. Don't tell me who should be in. Tell me who should then be out. Right. And so, if if we had done this list in 2020, without question, I mean, Alex might have been number one on this uh-huh. list for the reasons I have. Rogan number one because he was reaching a broader audience than we can uh, we can reach with our own branding with critical thinking. Right. I do think this year. And here's why he didn't. Put, get, get, this year he was somewhat muted because of the censorship and the banning. It's nothing he did. It's that his capacity was his capacity took a hit this year.
0: I think that's true. I also think the fact that he was muted just went goes to show. Because how, he would have been number how, one last year, yeah, that's why they how, had to mute him. Right. How powerful he is is because he shows what true journalism is. So I guess he, you kind of Rosiac, stepped in where he could have been, and they're yes. showing what, your yes. point about what true journalism and I, I, is. And
1: I wanted him. I, I, I went into this and I thought I want him on my list because of, because no one did a singular work that had more impact this year than than the than the whistleblowing he uncovered in in Virginia. I just wasn't sure where to put Luke, but I knew he was going to be on the list for that reason.
0: And I think with Rogan, here's what, here's his background. I mean, a he was a, a an actor in a in a news radio. He had a, a, a small role right. in that, if you'll remember. Post of Fear Factor. Then Fear Factor and MMA
1: mm-hmm.
0: in p- places where there's a very like get you uncomfortable uh, side of life. Which listen for almost all of. Manhood throughout human history that's where you had to live and that's where uh the comfortability of what the modern man has ensconced himself in and there's various versions of that there's bro dude comfortability Mm -hmm. there's um uh skinny jeans docker's comfortability but as a a male species were way too comfortable And I think that's where his power really lies. He's not owned by anybody. He's not worried about impressing you. And he's pushing all of us, I hope, into this place. And it doesn't have to be eating bugs or liking MMA. But if you're just about making sure that... You are climate controlled all the time in your existence. (laughs) Yeah. You are not living as a man. It's that simple. And so it's really important here that a guy like him is number one because we need him everywhere.
2: Aaron, you have a quick thought on this before we get out this hour? I, you know, I think echoing Jesse Kelly at number 10, what Todd said, uh, that is, if he were number one, Things would have gone nuclear a long time ago, and I don't really think that this list would even exist right now, or we'd be (laughs) on the airwaves. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin
1: will join us here at the top of next hour. Stay tuned. All right, back here with Hour 2 live and on demand here on the Steve Dace Show on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzen, Aaron McIntyre, all of you. And don't forget, podcast listeners, we always appreciate those five-star reviews from you and hitting that subscribe, follow button. Uh, So many of you have done that for us already. You're a big part of this uh, show's huge, explosive growth over the last couple of years. So thanks to each and every one of you that have left us one of those five-star reviews. If you have yet to do so... We'd ask you to do that for us today. Now, if you don't like the show, don't say anything, right? Don't lie. If you kind of like the show, they'll blow it way out of proportion for us and just jump right to a five-star review. We, we would never ask you to lie on our behalf, but we would ask you to embellish. So thank you. Also, um, when did we decide to you know, stop upholding free speech around here uh, as a basic right? Uh, what you're watching play out right now, the American Heart Association is getting misleading tags. From Twitter algorithms. Okay. Because in between bites of his avocado toast. Some jackwad at Silicon Valley. Knows more about the risk of myocarditis with mRNA vaccines. Than the American Heart Association does. We're not
0: going to trust the experts this time? Say that again. We're not going to trust the experts this time?
1: Which experts? Yeah. Which experts? Right. Okay. So this is the world we live in. Um, they're, they're, we are dominated by big tech monopolies and their censorship on every side. One thing you can do to help protect yourself is to get a very good VPN like our friends at ExpressVPN. Uh, you can put it on all your devices. I've got it on all my devices here, my phone, my, lap, my laptop that's here on the desk with me. Uh, you can install this in just a few minutes. Hooking up uh, your ExpressVPN is just a few clicks away. It's so bulletproof and dummy-proof. Even I could do it. All right. You also get some advantages, like on a you know you go to Netflix, and go to a you know a server that's in the UK. You might get better options than uh, or different ones than what you get from Netflix here in the states. Stuff like that. When you control your data, you control your online usage, and not big tech. And right now, uh, you can find out. Why ExpressVPN in the last few years has won so many awards and get three extra months for free when you sign up at ExpressVPN, V as in victory, expressvpn.com slash Steve. Protect your online privacy with ExpressVPN. Find out how to get three extra months for free with expressvpn.com slash Steve. Well, after watching the work that he has done uh, going up against what we call on this show COVID stand for the last few months, we thought we definitely wanted to talk to in this individual, and he joins us now from Todd's home state of Wisconsin. Senator Ron Johnson is here with us, and uh, Senator, my name is Steve Dace. It is a pleasure to have you with us here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Brother, how are you?
3: Well, Steve,
1: uh, um, guys, uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. Same to you. So uh, let, let's start with a very basic question, Ron. What what prompted you? Was it a singular event, your own life experience, something in the news but what has prompted you to, to dial up to 11 the push for truth and the pushback against this that, frankly, too many of your colleagues around the country have have, have been very hesitant to go there? Why you?
3: Well, I was a very early advocate for early treatment. Uh, I mean, as, as early as April of 2020, the, the, the minute, minute I heard there's a possibility of a cheap generic repurposed drug like hydroxychloroquine that that might help end this pandemic, I hopped right on it. Uh, helped break the logjam of the 30 million doses that were in the national stockpile. Was in communication with the CEO from Novartis. Uh, re- really thought we had something here. It, together with you know other drugs, we literally have a cornucopia mm-hmm. of available, cheap, generic drugs that uh, doctors are successfully using in a multi-drug pro- uh, uh, protocol used early. That, that's the key. And so I, I've lived the experience. I, I've been beating my head against the wall. I, I held hearings with uh, Dr. Peter McCulloch, uh, Harvey Risch, George Freed in November. Uh, the, the four of us were termed the snake oil salesmen of the Senate for just talking about the potential for early treatment. McCulloch laid out, the, you know, the four pillars of dealing with a, a pandemic. You know, all that stuff was swept away, swept under the rug all in favor of the vaccine. It didn't deter me, by the way, that the next month I had Pierre Corian, he talked about ivermectin mm-hmm. and, and how that's been proving successful. Uh, so no, I, I've been beating my head against the wall and I cannot for the life of me understand why these cheap generic repurposed drugs have been ignored. Early treatment has been sabotaged. I mean, every other disease, we talk about early detection, allows for early treatment, produces better results except for COVID. To this day, the NIH guideline is basically do nothing. Go home, afraid, isolate yourself, hope you don't get sick enough because if you come into the hospital, other than remdesivir, you know, I guess we do dexamethasone now, we do, we do some corticosteroids, but the, we'll slap you on a, on a ventilator and we'll kind of watch you die. And I say that because I've had personal experience with people yeah. I know, that's exactly what's happened, even though they begged or taken the hospitals to court trying to get ivermectin, which by the way, 15 deaths per year on the Fayer system. 15 deaths over 26 years. We're up over 19,500 deaths in less than a year with the COVID vaccines, but nothing to see here. Let's, let's trash ivermectin as a horse paste. Let, let's scare people into not taking that, not seeking early treatment. Uh, in favor of let's get a jam in every arm with a vaccine that nobody can tell you what the long-term consequences of that vaccine is. And they're all ignoring the vaccine injuries, the over 900,000 adverse events, over 19,000 deaths. By the way, remdesivir, you know, the one that is approved, Mm -hmm. the the studies show really does virtually nothing, 1,612 deaths to date. Mm -hmm. Versus again, ivermectin 15, hydroxychloroquine average is about 70. Annual flu vaccine, about 80 deaths on the Vayar system, but but yet we're pushing vaccines. It, it makes no sense. So why did I get involved? Because I am outraged. I am outraged that hundreds of thousand people, hundreds of thousands of people, have lost their lives, and it was so completely unnecessary. But it was caused. That, that this wasn't just an accident. This was purposeful for whatever reason they sabotage early treatment the covid gods i call them fauci you know the, the heads of the agencies collins the media the social media the big tech giants i can't fully explain it i have my suspicions but i am outraged by it and i just literally went to a funeral this weekend of a 6 year old two man that didn't have to die
1: You're speaking my my love language. Uh, You just summed up a, a lot of rants, discussions that we have done on this show over the last couple of years. And, you know, I've gotten out of the motivation casting business because... I was often the most right or the most wrong. Whenever you start, you know I'm not God trying to read what people's motivations are. And a lot of times, whether it's malfeasance or malevolence or incompetence, the end result is kind of the same most of the time, anyway. In this case, I think Ron, that finding out motivations is vital because we're not talking about a government, a wayward government program that exhausted uh, the, the taxpayers. I mean, I mean, throw another shrimp on the barbie. We're, we're not talking about a basic uh, or even a, a typical macro public policy mistake, I mean, I, you, I've got the same story you talked about. There is, I get an email every day, every day, from someone in this country whose loved one cannot get the treatment they want, um, or someone's loved one died not getting the treatment that they, that they needed over COVID, and these are things that literally have ended people's lives, and so I kind of think we need to know the motivations for this. And and what I struggle with, Senator, is what's the benign, innocent explanation? Like, okay, I, I can come up with a benign, innocent explanation of greed for Merck attempting to discredit the drug ivermectin that they won the damn you know Nobel Prize for in 2015. When they're when you find out six months later they're trying to develop a new one specifically targeted for COVID. Okay, but but greed doesn't you know lead to Germany having soldiers doing fire lit torch. Uh, you know, stampedes at night to warn the unvaccinated. You know, the, greed isn't what has led to you know mass protests all over the world, and Australians being told you can now go to the bathroom in someone in a friend's home uh, if they're vaccinated. That's something different. So, what is? What's the benign, innocent explanation for all of this? Because I got to tell you, brother, I'm I'm fairly smart, and I can't come up with one.
3: First of all, there is none. Uh, the, the most benign would be the fact that uh, if if there was an effective therapy, they would not have been able to get or it would have been difficult to get an emergency use authorization on a vaccine. So that, that's the most benign. But the problem is, uh, I think right now what what's driving things is they will never admit they were wrong. Because if they admit they were wrong on early treatment by, by denying people access to things like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, vitamin D, I mean, th- th- there's one right there. Uh, This is like the Grinch that stole Christmas, the movie where he says, you know, solve world hunger, tell no one. You know, Dr. Fauci has been increasing his intake of vitamin D and tells no one. Mm -hmm. It's sick. Okay, so so there's, they will never admit they were wrong because if they do, they'll have to admit that hundreds of thousands of people might be alive today, except for their malfeasance or failure or, you know, whatever you want to call it. The problem we're dealing with is that these are powerful people. In health agencies, people respect them. They look up to them. They are the media. They are the social media. They have the power to pretty well ensure they are never proven wrong, which is why now they're they're pushing. You know now now they, they actually are. You know, 20 months too late. Hey, you know it would be a good idea a pill. You know that would re- reduce viral rec- replication and severity of symptoms. Gee, I, I wish I would have thought of that. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. we got molnupiravir. You're gonna to have to look at the FDA advisory panel's discussion on that. The vote was a slim margin of 13 to 10 to recommend it, but take a look at the very serious concerns people have about Molnupiravir. You know, by the way, my doctor's group calls it Molnupiravir, $700 for a dose versus, you know, literally 20 to 50 bucks max for these multi-drug protocols. Uh, that could be the money motivation, but again th- there is no benign explanation for why they have denied treatment to people, why the hospitals take people to court. I, I just talked to a patient whose doctor finally admitted that now I, I, can't, I can't do anything with ivermectin because if I do I lose my job. And it's worse than that. Th- these doctors are having their medical licenses uh, threatened. Uh, Dr. McCulloch, paying the, you know, gets fired, gets sued. Dr. Corey, the same thing. So these other doctors see the vilification, uh, the heavy price, the doctors that have had the courage and compassion to treat and then be public about it, they see what those individuals have suffered, and they would like to protect their 30- or 40-year career. They'd like to continue to treat patients. Uh, no, this is nasty. This, this COVID has exposed so much corruption within science, medical journals, within our healthcare agencies, the grant process that corrupts uh, research and science. Um, it's exposed at all, but it's all all of, all of it is being buried. They'll never admit they're wrong and they have the power to make sure that they're never proven wrong. That's what we're up against, guys.
1: How many of your colleagues, um, especially in your leadership? I mean, you look at current trend lines, data lines, your party looks like it, it it would really, really have to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory to not have some form of a good midterm election. The odds that you guys will be in control of Congress, you know, uh, after next year's midterms grow every single day. How many of them, uh, your colleagues and, and your leadership, Senator, understand what you just said and are, are poised and willing to... To use the power of a majority when it comes to subpoena power, when it comes to investigatory power, oversight power, to get us to a form. Because I, I mean, I think we need like a Nuremberg level of tribunals and investigations into all of this. Are, is your party and your party's leadership willing to do that if given the power uh, when you come back with a majority potentially in January of, of 2023?
3: Well, my Democrat colleagues attack me. You know, call me a conspiracy theorist. Say I'm dangerous. Uh, my Republican colleagues, I've I've been talking about uh, you know early treatment. Do they know about my hearings? Do they know about my hearings with the, the vaccine injured? I think I've got a couple that uh, you know are taking it seriously. But I'll just ask you the question: How many have you seen go on Fox News or Newsmax mm-hmm. or Blaze and talk about early treatment? How many have you seen really push back on on the health care agencies? Uh, not many. Because, you know, partly, I suppose, because they see how I'm treated. They see how I'm attacked. They see how how what I say is distorted beyond, you know, any recognition of uh, the the actual points I'm trying to make. So let's face it. It hasn't been a real pleasant experience for me, but uh, I I just see this up close and personal because I have been such an early advocate like you. I get daily. I get the anecdotes. Um, You know, I, I hold the hearings or the events with the vaccine injured. I know know the vaccine injuries are real.
1: Senator Ron Johnson is our guest here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Ron, I want to go there next. Because there's a couple of kinds of people that we're not supposed to acknowledge exist in our society. And a lot of people, everybody on the left and even a lot of people on the right don't want to acknowledge it. One of them is the vaccine injured. And so, I mean, you went there. Uh, recently and and allowed your office to be a platform for these people to share their stories what can you tell us about what you learned
3: well vaccines are real i mean all you have to do is look at the VAERS system 900,000 adverse events uh, there's a reason a lot of people didn't get the second dose because they had such a severe reaction to the first dose um so you know i i i, I did this because nobody else was i i i was Uh, contacted by Ken Rutgers, who was the uh, former Green Bay Packer, lineman, Hall of Famer, and his wife suffered the neurological problems. She's still suffering from them. They they were connected to a group of about 2,000 people, and he he saw my advocacy for early treatment, so he reached out and he asked what I could do, because all they wanted, they just wanted to be seen, they wanted to be heard, they wanted to be believed, first of all, so they can get healed. I mean, it's hard to heal somebody if you're not willing to acknowledge what may be the root cause of their ailment. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, Ken, what I can do is you come to Milwaukee, you're famous in Wisconsin, the two of us, if we hold a press conference, we can let uh, some of these individuals tell their stories. And so that's what happened. Uh, by the way, the, the press did show up, um, but they didn't really cover the vaccine injured stories. Instead, they they ran in in about a dozen Wisconsin newspapers a picture of me above the fold with the headline, so fundamentally dangerous. That, that's how the press reacted. So it didn't deter me. Um, I held another event here in Washington, D.C., this time with medical experts and other vaccine injured. W- w- one individual, Ernest, who, who was a single parent, lost his best friend, his 16-year-old son, who died from the vaccine. Um, once again, largely ignored in the media, uh, censored by YouTube, uh, that, that's kind of treatment uh, the mainstream media has been given this. And and again, you, you have to understand the, the human tendency not to admit you're wrong. Why are these vaccine injuries being denied? Well, let's say you're a doctor and you've been pushing the vaccine on all your patients and all of a sudden you've got some of your patients coming in severely injured or dying within a day or two. You don't want to admit you were wrong. You know, individuals themselves taking the vaccine are just kind of ignoring the fact that You know, maybe they're bizarre symptoms, even though they were particularly healthy. Well, that couldn't be from the vaccine. I mean, Fauci's telling me this is all, it's all perfectly safe. You know, vaccine injuries are rare and they're mild. But as Ken Rutgers said, they're rare and mild until they happen to you or one of your loved ones. So, again, I think that basic human tendency, again, never admit you're wrong. Doctors don't want to admit they're wrong. Anybody, you know, my, my colleagues who've been pushing the vaccine, uh, vaccines on people that, that voted for billions of dollars for the Operation Warp Speed, which I was a big supporter of. Um, they don't want to admit that something that they might have voted for and funded might be killing people. It's hard to admit you're wrong. What's the way out of this? With the truth? It's, it's, it's you know, it's all, it's all I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to provide people information so they can uh, make an informed choice. But, these people don't want the truth to be told. Now, I, so, so they use pejoratives. They, they they call me a conspiracy theorist. They say I'm spreading misinformation. Now I challenge them. What what conspiracy am I pushing? What what misinformation am I conveying? What what am I saying that isn't true? I mean, the Vayner's data that that's off the FD, or CDC's own website. Nineteen thousand five hundred deaths to date. Over nine hundred thousand adverse events. And by the way. Two two, uh, criticisms of the VAERS system, it doesn't prove causation, I get that, but of those deaths, almost 6,000 occurred on days zero, one, or two. The other other complaint is that it dramatically understates the number of adverse events. There's a Harvard study that said only 1% are reported. I, I think with COVID, it's probably higher than that. That's only 10%. Does that mean there are 9 million adverse events? Does that mean there's... Uh, 190,000 deaths. You know, people like Steve Kirsch have done all kinds of different uh, mathematical uh, calculations, and, and it would probably peg the deaths closer to 150 to 200,000. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm just going off of Vayers, and Veyers tells us 19,500 deaths, close to 6,000 occurring days zero, one, or two, but it gets censored, labeled as misinformation. I've I've had radio talk show hosts who've had me on as I'm telling the truth, that get suspended from. From some of these platforms,
1: hmm. what's the next step for you in this battle?
3: I'll just relentlessly continue to push the truth. I mean, we're we're, we're developing more truths. Uh, we're finding out more. I mean, you'll you'll start seeing a series of tweets coming out of me on that FDA advisory panel on molnupiravir. You know, they're going to hop on board that because they realize they were wrong and that they're going to need early treatment. But rather than go back to the generic cheap drugs that have proven to be pretty effective. They'll never admit that they're effective. So they got to come up with a new one, which is just going to cost a whole lot more money. Mm -hmm. And don't worry about potential side effects. Let's just put that all aside, cross our fingers, hope for the best, and hopefully we can keep the wool pulled over the American people's eyes. So, you know, we'll we'll continue to uh, uh, convey information that I get from eminently qualified medical experts uh, throughout medicine. Uh, medical researchers, and I'll continue to push out truthful information and hopefully it'll get around the censors.
1: Senator, I just wanted on a personal level, uh, thank you for what you're doing Uh, on behalf of everybody in our audience here who has just been so frustrated by a lack of representation and agency and pursuit of truth over the last going on 21 months now. um, uh, You are a rare breed, which is why we wanted to have you on and You're doing the Lord's work, man, and we really appreciate it. If we can do anything to assist you in the future, please uh, do not hesitate to ask. All right. God bless you and Merry Christmas.
3: Well, God bless you and have me on help. So I appreciate that. Appreciate the opportunity. Merry Christmas to all of you.
1: You bet. We'll do it again, Ron. Thank you very much. That's Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. Give you guys a second here, and I'm going to turn it over and get your reaction to the conversation we just had with him. But. First tell you about our friends over at Raycon and you can do a thousand different, you know, gifts this holiday season. Gifts for moms, gifts for guys, uh, the neighbors, cousins, dogs. You can study every single gift guide out there, but uh, or you can just start shopping at Raycon. At least that's what my son would like you to do because he's ganked now two of these pairs off of me because he loves these Raycon wireless earbuds. Uh, Amazing audio quality wherever you go, uh, whether you use them to pump you up, wind you down to work or to work out. Uh, anything on your list, uh, from music to podcasts, they have the best uh, noise cancellation of any earbuds I've ever tried. I mean, you really, it really does cancel out the noise around you. They fit really well as well. All right, so the holidays are coming up faster than you think. All right, and now's the time uh, to get those Raycons. Go to buy Raycon R-A-Y-C-O-N, For Raycon, go to buyraycon.com slash Steve. Use the code HOLIDAY today to get 15% off, all right? Buyraycon.com slash Steve. Use the code HOLIDAY to get 15% off your entire Raycon order, no matter how much it is. 15% off your entire order today at buyraycon.com slash Steve. So I want to thank Senator Ron Johnson and his office. Uh, they helped facilitate that uh, little conversation we just had fairly uh, quickly and really appreciate the work that he has done. Been very impressed. Thoughts on the conversation we just had with him, gentlemen?
0: Well, when he answered your question with a question about how many of my colleagues have you seen out here, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, that's some shade and uh, much deserved I think you can you can see him in real time trying to wrap his brain around the nature of this particular enemy. It's not politics as usual because you keep asking the questions, you know, why? None of this makes any sense. Early treatment is what we've been talking about, about every other disease for how long now? And it's not allowed here. Why there are no good answers? Well, the, it, just as he's speaking, you're closing up. I haven't had a chance to re-verify it, but it looks like our friend Emma Robinson is now out at Newsmax.
1: Yeah, yeah For, she, she told me this last night. It okay. well, wasn't my place I just to say. It. But yeah. For just,
0: but again, it's yeah. the same issue. Asking questions is not allowed as he's with within the media, media within a party. Apparently, as you said, that could do nothing. But gain, if you just want to be callously political, there's opportunity there. They still don't do it. So it's going to take a level of resolve from this senator and others like him to simply, you can't be measuring consequences like you have in the past. Those consequences are immaterial. This is existential. You simply need to choose. Are you on this side? Come what may. To God go the outcomes. Or not. And so pray for people like Senator Johnson, that they continue to do it and trust that simply being on the right side is always enough, no matter what.
2: Yeah, three things. I didn't really I didn't really know much about Ron Johnson prior to uh, COVID. And I, I believe maybe some of the election stuff. I, I just I, I kind of had a neutral opinion of him, but. Uh, goodness gracious, there's, and you heard it coming out in there, there's some depth of character mm-hmm. and there's t- some eyes to see there. Uh, if you're in Wisconsin, you should be grateful that uh, somebody, he may not have it right on every single issue, but you can see at least that there's some eyes to see and some ears to hear what's actually going on. Uh, talk about the Sons of Issachar, at least on this issue, you know, with politicians, I'm always hedging, but at least on this issue, it seems like he, he sees what's going on. Secondly, I think this is a case study. This is a case study on, um, on why sometimes it is valuable. Only sometimes, it's pretty rare, um, to be a, a United States senator. <laughs> because we've heard so many times, oh, we need so-and-so's voice in the Senate. As a voting member, you really don't have that much power in the Senate, unless your name is Kirsten Cinema or Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin. You don't really have that much power. Here's where you do have the power, though. You have a lesser form of the presidential bully pulpit to where you can break through the Overton window yes. or at least chuck something bigger than a pebble mm-hmm. at the Overton window. Mm-hmm. I'm, And this leads me to the third thing. Because, like I said, even filibustering some spending bill, that really doesn't do jack squat in the long run. Shattering Overton windows can. At least it has a better chance of... Of doing something in the long run. I'm gonna be completely honest with my third point here. It was flipping days after this, after this hearing with all of these vaccine injuries. It was days. I'm talking like multiple, multiple, multiple news cycles. That I first heard about it. And this is somebody who how many days do you guys come in here and you watch the montage and you see something? Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Aaron found it for how many days does that happen? Like every other day, probably? Something like that. I hadn't seen that. That shows you how deeply, deeply afraid and how deep, deep the Overton window and the propaganda goes with the main, with the media. And again, we're not to show them, yeah, mainstream media. No, that just goes to show how deeply this thing was buried. I don't think I ever actually ended up featuring it on the montage because by the time I saw it, it was kind of old news and it had already played out amongst the rest of conservative media and the rest of, of media in general. That shows you though, how afraid they are of their narrative. That's not a show of strength. Even no, it's though it's not. Excellent even though, point. It's not a show of strength, even though they, it does take strength to hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, show, a showing of weakness that they want to bury this. A, a U.S. senator holds a hearing with multiple people who were injured by the vaccines. And it's nowhere to be found other than spotty corners of social media. It's creepy, but you should be comforted in a strange way. When they're trying to bury it this deep, you know you're winning. You know you're winning on some level.
1: That both of you, I thought, had excellent things to say, but that last point that, Aaron, you just made is vitally important, all right? They don't create memory holes, and they don't censor you because you're wrong, but because you're not. We'll come back. Pop Culture Tuesday. The Real St. Nicholas is next. We are winning the battle against the Biden administration's evil, wicked, unconstitutional, immoral, unlawful. Should I add any other words? Are those sufficient, do you think?
0: I don't think you could get away with the other words that are deserved
1: here. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Attempt uh, to impose on bodily autonomy, the worst in our country in 150 years. We're winning that battle, but the battle is not yet won. So particularly this time of year, if you're looking for a righteous cause to donate money to, Uh, Check out our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom because they are on the front lines of the battle against the Biden vaccine mandate. That's why our family made a donation to them a little while ago. So wouldn't ask you guys to donate to something I wouldn't be willing to donate to. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation because they do all their work pro bono for their clients. And so this is how they, you know, the worker's worth his hire. This is how they're paid for their work. Lawyering ain't cheap, right? So if you want to make a tax-deductible donation, uh, in protest, in an opposition, in the hopes of defeating uh, one of the worst weapons of mass destruction COVID-19 has brought forth yet, go to adflegal.org slash Steve, A-D as in David, A-D-F, legal for Alliance Defense Fund, adflegal.org slash Steve. Again, adflegal.org slash Steve. All right, so we have hit on um, some serious subject matter today maybe you know we still do have the festive set here that uh, the that Aaron and Bella did a great job decorating for us again this year and putting together right let's maybe uh, lighten the mood here just a, a, a smidge as much as the day show is capable all right with pop culture tuesday and over the years we have done lots of different things about the real saint nicholas okay but we've never really taken the real story and put it together into like one volume, and I thought this was a good year to do this because yesterday was actually Saint Nicholas Day uh, on the on the calendar. This is uh, he passed away according. We don't really know for sure, but the best estimate we have is December the sixth in the year three forty three A.D. And so December the sixth is Saint Nicholas Day. But why was he sainted? Why does he get a day? Who was this guy? Okay. I thought it might be fun here on Pop Culture Tuesday to give you more of a complete picture on the real St. Nicholas. So, St. Nicholas was a bishop born in the 4th century uh, in a place called Myra or Asia Minor. It's a province of Asia Minor at the time, otherwise known as modern-day Turkey. And Asia Minor in the book of Revelation Uh, The Apostle John, on on the bequest of Christ, writes the letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor, Turkey, all right? Myra in Turkey, or Asia Minor, that is where St. Nicholas was born, all right? Um, And that's where he lived. Uh, He was born to uh, uh, wealthy parents. He himself was very wealthy. He inherited that wealth at a young age. Uh, his devout Christian parents both died when he was young, and they left him a lot of money. Uh, he was known to be very kind with that money, had a reputation for helping the poor, and he loved to give secret gifts to those who needed it. There are several legends about this where St. Nicholas is concerned. Okay, and And maybe the most famous one is where one of our Christmas traditions comes from. It is the custom that Nicholas would have of people hanging up stockings, Uh, For presents, it kind of started with this. There was a poor man in Myra who had three daughters. The man was so poor that he didn't have enough money for what they used to call a dowry. And this is, you know, the money you would pay someone to marry your bride. And the better the dowry, the more attractive the bride was, okay? So the daughters couldn't get married without a dowry because a lot of times women couldn't work. They were considered in the ancient world to be an added expense. There was only really two things uh, that women could do to make a living on their own. And one of them was, shall we call it um, uh, scandalous, okay? So without a a sufficient dowry, his daughters may not be able to get married, have a family, have children. Um, and, And so one night, Nicholas secretly dropped a bag of gold down the chimney of their modest home um, that was meant for the oldest daughter so that she could then get married. The bag ended up falling into a stocking that had been hung by the fire there to dry. This was later repeated with the second daughter. And so now that it's happened in his home twice... The father here was determined to discover who was this person who kept giving him gold, kept giving him money. Uh, And so he secretly hid by the fire every evening until he caught Nicholas dropping the bag of gold down the chimney. Now, Nicholas begged the man not to tell anyone what he had done because he didn't want to bring attention to himself, right? Christ said, hey, whenever you do this stuff, do it in secret, right? Your left hand shouldn't know what your right hand is doing, but, of course, with this kind of a, a gift, the news eventually got out. And when anyone in the town now started receiving secret gifts, other people decided that's a great idea. All right. So like I guess this is where Secret Santas, I guess, were invented, too. So even when other people were giving others secret gifts, the word around town was it was a gift from Nicholas. Um, there's other stories that tell of Nicholas leaving ex- what were considered at the time expensive fruits like oranges. An orange was a very expensive fruit in the ancient world that he would he would leave oranges in the socks for local children when they left them hanging by the fire in their homes. Uh, And so because of this and many other kindnesses, uh, Nicholas was eventually made into a saint. Now, Nicholas was exiled from Myra for a time and later put into prison, chained and tortured during a time of Christian persecution by the Roman emperor Diocletian. He was later released in the the time of the emperor, the later emperor Constantine, who will have to release Nicholas from jail a second time here in a minute. We'll tell you why, okay? Uh, Constantine converted to Christianity, and then eventually issued the Edict of Milan, which outlawed Christian persecution throughout the Roman Empire. So Constantine ended up freeing not just Nicholas, but many other bishops from captivity. When Bishop Nicholas walked out of the prison, because of his fame amongst the everyday people, amongst the populace for all of his acts of kindness, he was well, well known. When he was released, at his release, a massive crowd was actually... Uh, formed uh, to cheer his release and they chanted Nicholas con- confessor and he was almost unrecognizable though coming out of the prison he had been repeatedly beaten until he was raw Um and his body was said to be the cover of vermilion or an orangish red very similar to the the the, the artwork of Nicholas that Aaron is showing you on the screen right now um. Uh, Bishop Nicholas was also said while imprisoned to have intervened on behalf of unjustly charged prisoners. And he actively sought to help uh, his people survive when they had uh, survived successive bad harvest. I mean, this guy was just a stud. okay? but he wasn't soft. After. His release and with uh, Rome now embracing Christianity as the mainstream religion, a massive conflict emerged with one of the most famous heretics in the history of Christianity, a man named Arius from Egypt, which was an area that Nicholas knew well because in a previous life he had done some of his ministry work there. Arius claimed that Jesus was not God that the that god of the old testament and jesus of the new testament were not the same person they were different this of course violated one of the core tenets of christianity and so emperor constantine this had become such a divisive topic with the empire within the empire because of arius's popularity in some regions that emperor constantine convened a famous council in the history of the church known as the Council of Nicaea in 325. One of the bishops invited as part of this council was Nicholas. All right? It was during Arius' testimony as he is standing up and spouting his heresy in front of the council that Nicholas became so enraged that he rose up In front of the entire council approached Arius and pimp slapped him hard in front of the entire council of Nicaea. This act caused the entire event to descend into chaos at this point. You almost converted to Catholicism the
0: very first time you heard this story, didn't I, I, I you? Love, I love this story. The closest story.
1: you've ever been. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking of changing my name to Nicholas. Okay? <laughs> I, I just I love it, man. I know. This is so Christ-like to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Now, the event descends into chaos because this has occurred. Okay. And what ends up happening is that uh, actually it's, it's Nicholas's fellow bishops who agreed with him that just thought this was unseemly behavior for a bishop to engage in, they had him put in jail overnight to kind of just basically cool him off. But you have to understand, in the ancient world, man, it, they, you know, it wasn't a toil and a bench and you know, uh, a book to read. They put you in jail, you're still in chains. So he's, he's put into chains overnight basically to cool it off and try to get the council back into regular order and they'll figure out what to do with Nicholas in the morning. Okay. The next morning, the jailer arrives to see that somehow Nicholas is released from his chains in the cell. He's still behind bars. But his chains, pardon the the pun from the song, his chains are gone. Okay? The, there are no chains. And that he's actually reading the scriptures, he's reading the gospels. Unchained, just sitting in his cell first thing in the morning reading the Gospels like a like a boss. Where did the Gospels come from? How did he get out of those chains? Okay? When this report was given to the Emperor Constantine, now at this time in the Roman Empire, it was considered a corporal offense to strike someone else without the Emperor's permission in his presence. And Nicholas has violated this because Constantine is the one who called the Council of Nicaea. He's overseeing it. He wants this... Matter put to bed once and for all. And so by Roman law, he's supposed to be at some point, at some level of scourged for violating this. But when, when Constantine hears the report that Nicholas's chains have been removed and somehow he has obtained copies of the Gospels to read, you have to understand. People could even become bishops without having studied the Bible or read the Gospels. There are no printing presses there's very few copies of the Bible in the world because this, is all, this all has to be done handcrafted. Nobody went to the prison gift shop, grabbed uh, Nicholas a copy of the Latin Vulgate. In fact, I don't even think they had that yet in 325. Hey, 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 man. Hey, Nick, went to the, the, the gift shop. Here's a Latin Vulgate for you, if you, can, you know, just while you're cooling down. Something to read tonight. No. They have no idea how he obtained these scriptures. They have no idea how his chains were removed. When the report is brought back to Constantine, he sees this as a, as a divine sign. And so for the second time now, he views this as judgment that Nicholas actually had acted righteously. He did. That he judged that, that Nicholas had acted righteously. He has been judged. He has been released from his chains, chains by God, supernaturally granted copies of the scriptures to keep him company overnight. And so Constantine releases Nicholas from prison for a second time has him restored immediately to the office of bishop. There was some talk that, that might be within question now. And he served there in that capacity following Nicaea when the, when, the, when the heretic Arius was defeated. And he served there in that capacity as the bishop of Myra until he died, we believe, on December the 6th, 343, spawning perhaps my all-time favorite meme. At least my all-time favorite Christmas meme, and it is St. Nicholas inscribed with the words, I came to give presents to kids and to punch heretics, and I just ran out of presents. And now you kind of have, there's more to the story, there's more, we're not really sure how much is legend and how much is true, but everything that, that is part of what I just told you has been certified as biography of the original St. Nicholas. All right, once more, I want to get you guys' take on this right after we talk about real estate agents. ITrust.com. If you're getting involved in the real estate market during these unprecedented times, make sure you go in with with an agent that you can trust. Someone that comes in that you can trust to take charge of your situation while also trusting that they remember they work for you, not the other way around, and that you can trust has a track record of success. That's been proven. They're not just talking a good game, but they can deliver the desired results when needed the most. Where would you find this person? Well, the name says it all. It doesn't get any simpler than just going to this website, a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates. If you trust them, you can trust this. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the name. Again, that's real estate I trust dot com. The true story of Saint Nicholas. Questions, comments, or insults.
0: Aaron, you got anything? I'm the I'm the Catholic. I mean, this tradition was every December 6th. This is where where our stockings uh, were on that day. Oranges, all of it. So this goes way back for me. Did you want to say anything?
2: Um, I would just. I would like to see you grow out your beard a little bit more, Todd, because I can totally see you punching people. I can totally see that, especially heretics. I can see I him doing think, secret
1: gifts too, just because yeah. he doesn't. He would be uncomfortable getting credit.
2: True. Yeah, okay, that's true. Don't
1: don't compliment me. So yeah, I'll just so, keep, a secret bottle of vinegar will do. Yeah. Yes. longer
2: longer beard and uh, and you'll have the Saint Nick the Saint Nick thing down. Um, it's it's an incredible incredible story. Again. As you said, not sure how much of it, how much of the, the 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 finer details are legend, but it is an incredible story. You see, though, in, in these incredible stories, you see God working in human history, weaving his story in and out of human history. Council of Nicaea, kind of a big deal. Little little big deal. Just, yes. just, just, just kind of a big deal. Like we got
1: the the canon of the Bible out yeah. of that. You know, yeah. you know,
2: things like that. Yes. Um, Kind of a big deal. Folks, what's incredible about hearing these stories is, uh, is that God still moves in incredible ways in our own lives as well. A lot of the times, we don't know it until it's in hindsight. They, may, they might not go down in legend. They not, might not be on, on shows hundreds of years later being talked about as legend. But he's working in our lives as well and those around us. We would just have eyes to see and ears to hear and be willing to be a part of his plan.
1: Well said. That'll do it for us today. We're back editing it tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck, you on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
3: On the Blaze Radio Network.